0: You're listening to The Better Together Podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Free Will Baptists. Welcome to The Better Together Podcast, where we look for ways we can work together to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today we have with us Pastor Sherman Branch. He is the pastor of Emmanuel Church in Dallas, North Carolina, where he has been for over 23 years, for two, 22 and a half years as the pastor. And so, uh, Brother Sherman, it's so good to have you here with us today, my friend. Thank you for having me, Dr. Moody. It's a joy to be with you. And you have been a pastor for a long time, so tell us a bit about the ministry that you've had over the last two-plus decades, Brother.
1: I started out with a pastor in the Kannapolis area as a youth pastor. Worked there five years, moved to a small church in that area, um, pastored there five years. And then we had a little bit of a break um, and moved to the Plymouth, North Carolina area. Uh, Didn't even know that place existed uh, until a pastor friend called me and said, hey, this church has called me. They're looking for a pastor. I'm in the middle of starting a church, so I can't go. I gave them your name. Is that okay? I said, it's fine. And when we hung up the phone, I turned to my wife and said, we can start packing. We're going to move to Plymouth, North Carolina. Mm. I just knew it was God's will.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: we stayed there for nine years, uh, just shy of nine years, and uh, then moved back
0: to our home area. Very good. You've been in your home area ever since, haven't you? Yes, sir. Since 97. 97. And so uh, you've been there, you've been ministering along and... Um, started to run into uh, some difficulties, uh, didn't you? Uh, Share with us a bit about, you know, what you feel comfortable sharing about what that was like over the last couple of years. Sure.
1: I'm sure most pastors would understand this. Uh, Plymouth was my first love. I'd pastored other churches, but Plymouth just seemed like home. And, um, I'll never forget the day. Uh, I could almost show you exactly where we were, uh, what highway we were on, and almost the exact spot when my wife said to me that if God let us retire right here in Plymouth, North Carolina, it would be okay with her. Uh, That was our dream. Uh, Sometime later, uh, probably two, three years later, uh, my wife began to battle depression. I came home one day Found her in the center of the bed um, crying with a checkbook and uh, didn't understand that because I'd never been around it. And so I asked her what was wrong. She said all she said was, I can't handle this. And so I picked the checkbook up and said, that's okay. I'll take care of it from now and walked out of the room. It wasn't until later she was able to tell me what she was battling. Again, I didn't understand it. Uh, She did well uh, for several years. Uh, I knew something had gotten more serious and uh, I'd been praying, God, you've got to help me help my wife. Uh, I don't know what to do. I've never dealt with this, never been around it. And so I was praying. I came home uh, and she met me at the door and she said, I need to go home. And of course, again, not thinking about depression or any of that, uh, I said to her, give me a couple weeks. I've got this to do and that to do. And then we'll go home for a week. It won't be a problem. And then she said, no, I need to go home. And I said, you need, you mean you need to move home? And she said, yes. Mm. Went back to my knees, got on my knees and said, God, you misunderstand me. I need to help my wife here. This is where we want to be. And um, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was as plain as I'm talking to you now. Got impressed on my heart you've always preached family first. Do you believe it? Yeah. And so I threw up my hand and said, okay, God, I'll, I'll take her home. And so we came home. Things went well for a while. We settled in. Um, we owned property here. Her dad had uh, dated us years ago. So we put a house there and, and things were going well. We've, um, our oldest son uh, had, uh, had got married and moved out and then, Uh, eventually, of course, our other two children uh, married, and so it was just Debbie and me. Mm -hmm. Things went well until um December of 21, and a lot of things took place in December of 21. Um, actually, a little before that, but especially December. Um, my wife battling depression, uh. I, I, I had gotten a call from her work that said, you need to come. Uh, and so I went and she had had a breakdown. Uh, we sought the medical help. We felt like we needed to seek
0: um, and um, things just spiraled from there. Yeah. So it was, <clears throat> it was quite a difficult time and you were trying to do everything you could do to, to help her. And, yeah, sure. um, it kind of even looked like she was doing a little bit better, didn't it? And, um, and, and then, but uh, things continue to get worse. And, and do you, you, you experience really what no person wants to experience. Yes. So people are listening now and they're thinking, you know, what, what can I do or Maybe they're in a situation similar to what you've experienced. Um, At this point, what kinds of things would you recommend they do in situations like you were in?
1: Well, I think, first of all, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Um, I grew up in church. That's all I've ever known. Uh, Started pastoring almost 48 years ago now or entered the ministry almost 48 years ago. And knew all the, for lack of a better word, religious red, rhetoric we use. Uh, you know the things we like to quote to each other. Um, all things work together for good. Uh, you know uh, all those things. Um, and uh, one of the things that happened was I um, I've been privileged to serve with Brother Ruben Kason and the Executive Board of the North Carolina State Association for Evangelical Baptists. And they asked me if I would share a little bit of our journey, uh, or, or share a devotion actually. And so I spoke on our journey. This was when Debbie, um, was going through some difficult time, but there were no signs of anything, you know, that, uh, I I didn't feel like could be overcome. We just called it a storm. Right. Uh, didn't think that storm could get any worse, but it did. And, uh, So I I think we got to be realistic. We've got to understand that we can know the scriptures Mm -hmm. and still have the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, We can pray the prayers and God still not choose to answer the way we would like for him to answer. Mm -hmm. And that was true for us. Um, So I would say, you know, I, I say this often, go back to what you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, go back to what you can rest in. Um, I do encourage people to ask the question, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, after all, Jesus has to get on a cross. And his question was, why did you forsake me? Yes. It had nothing to do with the suffering or the sin. It was, why do I feel left alone? And I I believe we, we've got to be that honest. Yes. Um, it's been a difficult journey. And, uh, and yet God was patient with me. Yeah. And so I I say, go back to what, you know, be honest, be open and be willing to, to seek the help that you need. Um, I didn't think I needed any. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And soon I found that wasn't true.
0: Oh, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. So one of the things you said, go ahead and ask God, why go ahead and talk to God. And you gave the example of Jesus. Uh, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, I think our listeners can also see that with Job. Job asked all kinds of questions yes. and, and um, you also see it with John the Baptist, you know, are you the coming one? Are you the Messiah? Or should we seek right. someone else? And so, really when we ask the questions it gives the lord a chance to uh, speak back to us either through his word or we just get a we kind of get a piece about it i think i, yes, I heard saying and, and then you mention don't be afraid or or don't uh, hold back from from seeking help so maybe share a bit about that and uh, what are options for people that are out there in in similar situations
1: one thing that i'm i'm very grateful for is the counseling that's been provided by our national association i've talked to men in other denominations who are just amazed that we even have such a program and um, i can't tell you what that's done for me personally Um, when i first heard the idea it was you know that old macho thing i don't need help i can make it i'm okay i soon learned i wasn't okay Uh, that uh, I needed the help and so graciously um, uh, our denomination has allowed me that and to go through that counseling with with uh, brother Tom and to uh, to just feel safe just feel like I could open my heart not be condemned that somebody was going to listen and and understand and even when they couldn't fully grasp where I've been was there to support and pray for and help and talk through some issues and um, I, I would say to anybody and I, I know we have that for our pastors and I think their wives but I would say to anybody seek good godly counsel uh, find it it's there and and we need it uh, I I've talked to some pastors that I love I I respect and they just don't see the need for it and I want to say hey Man, I'm telling you, it, it's worth it. It's worth it's worth reliving the pain. It's worth going through the heartaches and the heartbreaks.
0: And so it it, it it is. And so it's it's been helpful to you. You you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned just knowing you can confidentially talk to someone. Uh, there's just sounds like you're saying there's nothing quite like that uh, and nothing quite like uh, working through something with someone partnering with you, even though they've not been through the same thing you've been through. Right. Um, they have helped Tom and uh, our our folks that work in this in this arena have helped people who have and so. You're saying let's not try to be macho or anything like that. Uh, seek it out. And yes, and I'll, I'll say, you know, you're saying, how do we do that? Well, you could give us a call here at the national offices. Yes, you could also email us at questions at NAFWB.org. And we'll get you set up real quick. We'll figure out uh, what's the best uh, avenue to help with you. And, um, and we'll get that to you. So so I know that's been your experience, and I know you have. Uh, I going to just say, brother Sherman, you've done a good job of sending people our way, <laughs> and um, there's something to be said for that too, brother. So, so we thank you for that. Now, <clears throat> you're kind of trying to go on offense now, aren't you? A bit. Um, you're trying to, you're trying to use some bad things that have happened to you, and you're trying to use it to help other people. Share with our audience a little bit about that. What your what your what's your kind of next steps, so to speak?
1: Well, I've entered into what I call songs in the night. Um, years ago, many years ago, I preached a message with that title, and uh, it's one of those you know where people came and said, "Preacher, I wish you'd preach that again," but it was preached in for lack of better terminology, happier times. It was, I mean, I had buried my mom, my dad, uh, had some pain in my life. Um, but nothing like, uh, recent, uh, situations. And so, you know, um, uh, it, it was an easier message to preach back then
0: yeah. yeah. for
1: lack of better word. Yeah. Um, and after, uh, uh, a situation well back in April of of last year, uh, I had gone to the church, had been there for a, um, a, a activity we had, with the intention of going home, picking my wife up. We were going to a grandson's birthday party, and uh, I had kissed her by that morning, said I love you. She said I love you. I went out the door, and wasn't prepared. When I came back home, Hmm. Uh, let me just put it this way. I I came home to find my wife had stepped into eternity. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the pain was overwhelming. Um, I couldn't pray and I couldn't read my Bible Uh, for a week. I just, I could just weep. That's all I did. Yeah. Through a series of various events and, and people being very kind, being very gracious and uh, helping, um, I received uh, a book, a little book uh, that I read. And it was one of those where you know, we, we we're quick to quote scriptures to others. And then when it comes to us, you know, I know it, but it doesn't help. Yeah. But I felt obligated to read this little book because it was sent by a family member and so being obligated I, I read the book the very first thing I did was hit Romans 8 28 in that book and I thought ah here we go again but I read it because I felt yeah. obligated I'm so glad I did yeah one of the things that the author said is we've got to go from the whys to the what what do I do with this now I mean this is where we are yeah so what do I do And so through a a, a sabbatical that Emmanuel Church graciously gave me, um, I was able to spend time away just without the phone, just focusing, praying, seeking God's face. And um, through that event, I was talking to Brother Tom, our counselor, and uh, I was just struggling. I, I didn't know what to do. And so he mentioned a dual ministry. Uh, why not past your church and do some on the side? And so that resonated.
0: Yeah.
1: And so uh, that's what I began doing. Um, I began, I talked with my, my deacons. We met, uh, we agreed on one Sunday a month that I could be gone from the church for this purpose. Outside of, you know, revivals and those things, but just specifically for songs in the night. And so we just started mentioning it It, it just word of mouth and uh, God has been gracious to open doors. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now I have something scheduled every month all the way through January of the uh, uh, next year. So um, just taking hope to the hurting mm-hmm. to say, yeah, it's hard. We don't deny the hardness. We weep, but we can also learn how to weep and rejoice at the same time
0: absolutely
1: and I think people need to hear that
0: they do well it's you're trying to take you've made a lot of progress in over a year plus yeah. here and you're trying to take what has happened and you're trying to use it to help other people and it looks a little bit to me like it's helping you too yes um, sir. chairman um as you as you go along you try to minister to others yes, Brother, I know this has probably been a bit difficult. I, I thank you so much for the time and uh, sharing with us today. And really, I thank you for your life, your, your modeling for us, how we deal with difficult situations. And I, I think uh, based on some of what we've experienced already, you are helping. Uh, you're helping a lot of people in various situations and helping them to do what they need to do uh, to, to be better stewards of their lives, if you will. So I just thank you for, for what you've done and I thank you for what you're doing, Brother Herman. And thank you for taking the time to share with us today, my brother. Thank you for having me, Dr. Moody. I want to thank you all for listening today. Maybe you know someone that would benefit from this podcast. I encourage you to share it with them. Uh, point them in the particular direction. If they'd like to get in touch with Brother Sherman, encourage them to email us at questions at nafwb.org and we'll make that happen. Maybe you're interested or you know someone that might be interested in the counseling program. You can email us there as well, questions at nafwb.org and we'll get them set up with that. Remember, every little thing we do, it truly does matter and it truly is helpful because we truly are better together.